I really need to put these biscuits away. Hello and welcome to another episode of Foxes Never Quit Talking. I am H2 and I am here with our regular co-host Madlock. Hello there. And with another regular guest, Tyler. Hello, happy to be here on much better terms. Madlock, how was your international break? Did you have a good time in the USA? Yes, yes, and no, I managed to, to dodge the hurricanes, that's always a good way, so quite literally uh, weathered the storm, or past, uh, dodged the storm, I should say. Yeah, that no, was good, uh, enjoyed it, yeah. yeah, a lot of sand and sea, quite enjoyed it. Excellent. A lot of food, ate gator, if you can believe it, it's like a fishy chicken, if you can imagine such a thing. I oh, you have nice. a couple guesses, I let you have one guess where I was, but... Uh... <laughs> um... Anyway, moving on from that, we've got... Well, I want to start with a couple of notes. Firstly, you might have noticed we didn't do an episode last week. That was because the timings on when we could record, we didn't end up recording until really late. Then I didn't have time to edit for the Nottingham Forest game. There is an episode about the women's team that I'm still going to try and put out because it's a match review but there's no point putting out a match preview about Nottingham Forest now that name happened as I record yesterday I also want to say for people who did listen to the last episodes out which were both about Tottenham Hotspur the sound quality on my microphone was awful and I don't know why but it doesn't seem to have reoccurred oh really? sorry about that if you struggled with it also, I was plugging Black Band T-shirt because we had a guest on from that podcast last week. I had a little cameo on the latest episodes about Iron Maiden. So, if you're vaguely interested in them, go listen. Mm-hmm. And uh, on to the football. And let's, let's start by talking about the Continental Tires Cup. I forgot yeah, what's I- happening. Well, to be honest, it wasn't very well publicised. So this is just kind of just do a quick. Obviously, we've talked about this. You know, pre-season. There's a lot of the women's game which is either very secretive or not very well publicised or both. Um, and yeah, this is one of them. And it turns out, yeah, that uh, we had a continental game against Blackburn Rovers, a team we had uh, we beat last season in the uh, championship, if I recall cor- uh, correctly. Well, probably the season before last, if we played. Sorry, yes, the season beforehand. Yes, no, you're very right. And yeah, um, obviously it was a good opportunity for the team to show off its attacking prowess. So yeah, uh, it was a, quite a nice healthy 3-0 with um, Academy product um, uh, Mackenzie Smith scoring the first goal, if I, if I recall correctly. Yeah, she's been with us at least since she was 16. Really hard to find this sort of information. Um 
But there you have it. She scored, I think it's only her second appearance for us, maybe. It's her first full debut. Um, yeah, no, um, Mackenzie Smith, yeah, it looks like a promising Academy product. Yeah, it's not had a lot of starts. Uh, but, you know, obviously League Cup is a good opportunity to to bleed a lot of the uh, younger players and maybe some of the newer players too with... Um, I think Aileen Whalen also scored as well. She was a uh, recent um, signing in the summer. One of yeah. the more senior signings we got. Yeah, thirteen, a thirty-one-year-old, not thirteen-year-old, joined us. Yeah, just this summer gone. I think she scored only three minutes after coming on as a substitute. This is one of those games, by the way, where it's very difficult to find where to watch it. Um, I, I think so it was I, genuinely impossible, um, just to be fair. In the end, I didn't. Although I do seem to remember seeing someone on the women's subreddit in the post-match thread post a really good match review. And I might have to reach out to them. Um, I don't like mentioning people by name if they haven't signed up for it. But you know if you you know it's you. If you hear this and I've reached out to you to come and talk on, talk about the game with us or talk about the women's team in general because they appear really knowledgeable about the women's game. Yeah, they definitely uh, they definitely seem to either go live or uh, follow the team for sure. Um, like I said, Hannah would also be good on Twitter. She tends to follow them quite closely. Um, like I said, I'd like to do it more, but as we've said before, not the most accessible unless you uh, actively go to the matches. Yeah, it's a bit tricky for me given I'm not that nearby. <laughs> No, absolutely. You're not, you're not that nearby. <laughs> well, you know, okay. You, you, good point. Well made. Um, yeah, and it's just, it's just a bit of a swim. You can make it, surely. And the other skull scorer for us was um, Connie Schofield, who joined us. Not the most recent summer transfer window, the one before from Birmingham. Only a second appearance for the club, I think, according to the stats. Assuming they're up to date. But yeah, yeah, she got a goal as well. So we're getting goals in the team. We've kept a clean sheet now. Yes, yeah. it's against Championship side, but hopefully we can start to build some momentum from it. Yeah, and I think it was a much needed quick turnaround from what was a bit of a disappointing end to the Everton game. Oh my uh, goodness, wasn't it? Yeah, so Level will probably uh, definitely be appreciative of um, <laughs> that quick turnaround. I, I would imagine and that's kind of what you want at football when you when you've had a bad loss you don't want to, to linger on it for too long uh which is part of my worry for the men's team um prior to the uh international break but anyways that's that um sort of jumping around but yeah no women's team was much needed to win it was albeit against a championship side it just showed that we're scoring and scoring quite comfortably as well you know in a lot of games that we played in the championship even we only ever scored uh, one or two, we never, you know, were prolific scores. So a three nil shows that we're comfortably, um, you know, progressing in terms of our attack, which is definitely the area I think we're lacking in the women's side. Yeah, and um, obviously it's not going to be the uh, easiest uh, road going forward in terms of at least you know the the uh, the Continental Cup because mm-hmm. well you have Blackburn, you have Sunderland, they're both in the Championship, but. In terms yeah. of the other teams in that in that group, you have Liverpool and Man City. And uh, Liverpool might have been in the championship last year, but they look really good to start this year. And Man obviously, City, yeah. Man City is Man City. Um, 
I don't think they're as dominant in the women's game as they are in the men's game. That's more for like Chelsea, I'm pretty sure. But um, regardless, those are still uh, re- those are still really good teams, and it's not going to be the easiest to get out of that group because only one team advances to the next round. But hey, if they they show what they did against Blackburn, they keep that up in the other three matches that they have. Maybe something can happen there. Yeah. And can I just do a little fact check on our championship season, by the way, Madlock? Mm-hmm. Out of 20 games, we scored more than two goals in seven of those games. Really? Why does it feel yeah. like we didn't? I have no idea. Uh, we were unbeaten at home, but we had a 3-0 win, a 4-0 win, and a 3-0 win at home. We did have the 9-0 away as well to Coventry, which was nice. That much I remember. 9-1 against Coventry. 9-1, oh, that's right. three against Blackburn both times we played them that season. It we, The other big win we had was we had a 7-0 away win at London Bees. Oh, God, yeah. Um, De Graff's uh, screamer from the middle of the pitch. It was Yeah, no, I remember that now. God, I think I'm mixing <laughs> Do you know what? I'm mixing up last season and the championship season a bit. I, I, all that kind of blended together. I, so, yeah, no, I apologize. I've been very much humbled <laughs> by by a good old fact check there. So, yeah, I'm probably thinking more um, last season. That You know what that is, what I'm thinking of. Last season, we were um, really struggling to, to score. Uh, like I said, we were the lowest scorers uh, last season in the Women's Super League, which is obviously a different different offering and yeah with the likes of man city and arsenal and chelsea being such heavyweights in the women's super league yeah it's yeah it's not an easy one yeah um but yeah i think that just about rounds up our women's chat the next match that they're playing is 16th of october so we'll come back next week to talk about that match and um, then the week after that, they've got well, Manchester City is that match, but we'll move on from that that now, and mm. let's talk about the men because it's been a good weekend for Leicester City, at least the football club. Because um, we we also kicked off our season kind of eight games in, I guess, but our first win of the season, and finally we've kept a clean sheet. And what an emphatic win as well! It wasn't just a. A, a squeaky bum, you know, we took it by the skin of our teeth kind of game. It was a proper, you know, like I said, emphatic win. Um, yeah, that's, it's hard to really, you know, we could probably, we're probably going to spend a lot of time just finding different accolades. But yeah, it was nice to see us so dominant. Um, that partnership between Evans and FaZe is um, looking really good. Yeah. Uh, fast. Apologies. Um, uh, you know that that's looking more now. I've seen some people have been a bit negative um, about uh, we were only good because Nottingham Forest were bad. Forests, you know, and bad, to be fair, they were. <laughs> they, you know, they they weren't. They looked very disorganised. That first goal definitely, um, you could see shell shocked them heavily, and they did not bounce back from that. And I'm not overly surprised. You know, we got a team of what 23 new signings. Yeah. I, you know, it's going to be hard to to make that gel, and I think they're they're reaping what they sowed on there. And obviously, it ended up kind of being an almost uh, un, you know, unexpected El Sacchio. Um, it sounds like you know, from what I was reading this morning in the Telegraph, Steve Cooper is now, you know, Ooh. potentially under the on the block. 
well, I was, was going to say, you know, that, um, shit, what was I going to say? That Madlock you go on too long? <laughs> no. <laughs> I can, I can take some, I can take it here. Yeah, go on, jump in. <laughs> okay. Well, um, so the entire game yesterday, incredible, obviously it started out, uh, it was a little bit nervy at the beginning because they had that one time where they got in behind, uh, fast and then, uh, and then uh, Awani hit the post, and that I was that was so nerve wracking. Yeah, when he, I hit got post, my, when, he, when he hit the post, my first thought was, "Are we really doing this again?" <laughs> yes, I I must have been. I had a bit of that. Yeah, and then um, and then in like just quick rapid succession, within like the next five minutes, we already had two goals. There was the Madison, uh, the first goal, where sure. Um, and we'll discuss the whole um, the whole XG uh, situation in terms of the match later. But that goal right there, if it didn't go in, it would have been a penalty. Yes, no, it yeah. did hit it, Cook's hand, which yeah. I think it Cook... hit his hand, and it was a strong redirection. Yeah, if it wasn't called on the pitch, if it didn't, if it wasn't scored, it would have been a penalty after VAR. I have no doubt about that. Yeah, I mean, there was another handball call, which I actually thought was also a penalty, but for, you know, it directly hit the hand, but I just feel like the rule changes every... I, arguably, it was being he, he was shot at, but it did feel like it was extended, but uh, it's whatever, one of those it didn't ones, need those ones. It's one of those ones you see given quite a lot. Yes. And it's one of those ones that, honestly, I don't entirely agree with. I, As much as it pains me to say a decision made in Nottingham Forest's favour was right... Actually, I do prefer the call where if you're diving and your hands are up, because that's how you sort of throw yourself at things. As long as you're not deliberately trying to make yourself bigger, he's not. He's not been looking to block the ball with his hand, and it is meant to be. If you look at the rule, deliberate handball is a foul. Accidental isn't. Yeah, I, I just I'm given some of the handball decisions that we've had against us. <laughs> yeah. I, it just there's a part of me that has little sympathy. Um, oh yeah, it, I wouldn't have been sympathetic for them, but I would <laughs> rather see handball called that way. No, I, if we're going rules of the game, that's absolutely certain. But yeah, emphatic win. Um, but let's just you know the attack. We we I have to admit it's been a while since I've watched the Leicester game and felt comfortable. I yeah. I you, I hate to say it, but I haven't felt like that for. A very long time. I'll I tell you what it is. Of a team. I'll tell you what it is. It's is when you go three up, because we Ooh, know yeah. this season two nil hasn't been safe. I also, you know, Danny Ward. I think had a good game as well. Yeah, he did right. make saves. I know. Obviously, he wasn't as tested, but I mean that was a testament to the whole defense. And I think Rogers even said it. Yeah, you know, defense isn't a goalkeeper. It's a whole. It's a whole team. The whole team has a role to play when it comes to being on the defensive. One hundred percent. And the other thing that he had with him is, yeah, he, I think there were some saves. There's one save in particular that really impressed me, and the replays did show that it would have been given offside. But I think it's really important for his confidence anyway. When I can't, which player it was got through on goal against us. Yeah, Danny I mean, he was heavily offside. Edge of his yeah, area. Yeah, yeah. Realized he'd come too far. Stepped back into his area and then made a really good reaction save to his left. <laughs> No, yeah, absolutely. That was, that was the good one. He, he definitely had more swagger, didn't he? I think. At one point, yeah. he definitely... Some of the things he was doing, 
uh, if we weren't up, I would definitely would have been a bit more nervous about. It. There was a lot of he's definitely comfortable playing, you know, um, it between his two defenders, isn't he? Which is nice. It's good to see that he's got that confidence between his defenders. Yeah, I would like to see him a bit more comfortable on crosses still, but baby steps. Mm-hmm. But he definitely was much better than the previous games. I think that one uh, save you're talking about, that's the one where he uh, parried it out to his left, and then uh, if Johnson, uh, Brennan Johnson had a better touch, then he would have scored, but he didn't, so like they just he lost the opportunity. I think that's yeah. the one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the original through when... ball was offside anyway, so none of it would have counted. Yeah, I actually remember on the uh, the U.S. broadcast, whoever was the the color commentator actually, I don't remember the exact reason, but he was he actually said that uh, what Danny Ward did there was actually not a good job because he didn't commit between rushing or not, and <laughs> I don't know if I necessarily agree with that because in the end he was in the right position to to make the save, and obviously also it was offside anyway, so it wouldn't have counted because, you know, you do something that's not allowed and then obviously you're going to get a better chance than you probably should. I mean, he was begging to be chipped, I guess, to an extent, but yeah, the thing is, he started to rush out. I think he rushed out a bit too early because he found himself outside of his area. Um, whatever, it was a, the, the reaction save itself was great. To be, He probably should have been better positioned for it. Yeah. But mm. it is what it is. Yeah. Um, Harvey Barnes, what a goal he scored! Oh, was it? It was it was something straight out of the training pitch, wasn't it? I was it was that was just really, it was really beautifully done. Um, I, yeah. You know, I could almost be wax lyrical about how well that went in. It was just nice, you know. And what I really like is that really played to his strength. He he kind of just sort of um, threw off this defender, kind of juked him one way, and then yeah, just ran. And just what a beautiful finish, you know. Henderson mm-hmm. left in the center of goal, and it just right at the edge. I mean, it was yeah, picture perfect, really inspired stuff, and so quickly after the first goal. Um, obviously, we've kind of gone over yeah. that. We haven't gone over the first goal yet, but um, yeah, what a wonderful finish! And you know, this is right. What two minutes after Madison? You know, that that ball was going in. I think we all agreed that ball was going in, right? Oh yeah, that wasn't deflected. Oh, well, Madison's shot. I mean, Madison's shot was helped a lot by the deflection. It definitely looped it over the goalkeeper. I think he scores if it's not hit, if it never I'm, touches the hand. I think he scores at the in that top right corner. Yeah, I think it was fortuitous either way. But yeah, it, it, it just it had a power, it had a conviction to it, which yeah, kind of it was a testament to the whole game. There was just a conviction to the whole game, wasn't there? About there was a belief, there was organization. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Again, yeah. we could, we could find, we'll find all sorts of accolades to describe this game. And what an important game as well. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah. It, especially because we owed them a little... Well, a little bit. We owed them after the FA Cup match last year. We definitely mm. did, and we paid it back. Um, and also, um, I always love to see Pats and Dacker on the score sheet. That, that man has a wonderful smile, doesn't he? Um, <laughs> he does. he 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 definitely enjoys what he does. Um, I it's very Vardy esque his goal. I thought the yeah. whole little back heel. It's like that that I mean that makes me think of um, Vardy's goal against Germany, the the yes. winner with the the back heel. I mean, and also his goal against in his hat trick, his second hat trick, I should say, against um, Man City as well. Um, yeah, and you're not the goal. first person to have pointed that out. I've seen other people point out that the run he makes. 
uh, the Rundaka mate. So it's a trick that you're seeing a few more strikers do, but I think Vardy's done it really well over the years. Is charge up, the defence go, oh no, we've got to drop off. They drop off, then as they drop off, you stop and step back out again. And suddenly you've got this space because the momentum of the defence is still dropping off a bit. And um, yeah, the cheeky back heel. When you're 3-0 up, yeah. you can go for a finish like that. Yeah, and on top of that, what what a ridiculous amount of power he was able to generate there. Mm. Like that, like... When, when every time if you watch the replay or you see it from like a different angle than the, like the first time every time you see it it's like that thing came off of his boot fast it wasn't even just the placement like Henderson had barely any time to react because it was quick and it was it was just hit with a lot of power which is really impressive coming from a back heel like that yeah and because I thought it'd gone behind him as well at first there was a bit of me I saw it go in and I saw Oh, it's different. Oh, it's a goal. Oh, Dak has scored. <laughs> it, no, absolutely, yeah. I had to like replay it twice in my brain before I realised what had happened. The celebrations looked. I mean, there was you, you can see that it's, that's not a team broken, is it? That's a team no. that's very much united. And yeah, and you know there was a lot of defence of Rogers in the build-up as well. I saw that you know Madison made some comments. Dewsbury Hall made some comments around. Rogers and I'm not overly surprised you know I think for whatever criticisms you know, plenty of which were valid of Rogers, he does tend to develop players quite well so it's nice to see him turn it around I think you know having lost that that would have definitely cast a dark cloud over over us for the rest of the season and oh, definitely, definitely there's still a mountain to climb but so some I'm going to be honest, there's some seriously miserable sods in Blue Army and not a lot but there was just one or two it's like well we got to get out of the bottom three, and I, I'm aware, but some sometimes you're just going to save at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I think because the match was only yesterday, we're still in the high of this game. Like, I, I think I know that if we don't get a result against Bournemouth next weekend, we're going to be straight back in there. <laughs> um, the nice thing about being well, being a mod on the on the forums at this point can be a bit of a double edged sword, and you you won't know what I mean by this type. Well, you might, Tyler but Madlock definitely does, is that on the one hand, if someone's being too annoying about it, you can just time them out. Which is nice. Yeah. <laughs> Not that we'd ever abuse our powers, but sometimes just someone's just taking it. Yeah. The downside <laughs> is is that you have to read everything, really. You, it's much harder as a mod to just switch off and say, right, I'm not reading that forum for a week. <laughs> Yeah, and you you do sometimes. And I said it's not a lot, but there's some people who you know I don't want to name it. There's some people who are just hell bent on not just not enjoying themselves, which begs the question why yeah. they do this. But anyways, that's a whole yeah. different topic. And like as a uh, yeah. you know, H two puts yeah. out, but we we don't ever silence. I think we only silence people if they're winding others up. We like I said, yeah, like, yeah. It would take like a, it'll take a day, mate. You know, go and touch grass, sort of thing. But um, obviously we're going a bit off the side. But you know, obviously, yeah, this game. Really good. Um, Madison, I mean, without a shadow of doubt, man of the match. Yeah, I was going to ask who's your Madison of the match. I'm sorry, I mean man of the match. But you've kind of short-circuited that, Jane. No, I no, no. It, 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 it's either that Madison beforehand. or you're wrong. Still, I mean, let's be yeah. honest. <laughs> it's still um, good. It still works. Um, yes, Madison, very clearly man of the match, I think. He's been our player of the season so far by some margin, right? 
I think he's the only player to have scored. No, I think Dakar's now scored more than one goal, but I think he, he and Dakar are the only two to score yeah. more than one goal. And that's saying something, considering I'd like him that we've got a variety of goals scorers. I know that's kind of a weird silver lining, but we there's yet another game where we scored at least two goals. Mm-hmm. It's nice to see our attack is so good, and with the defence shaping up, could bode well. You know, there's still going to be things Harvey, like Haaland, but... Two, yeah. Harvey Barnes has two goals as well. He scored against Chelsea. Was it? Ah, that's absolutely yes, right. It was yes, Barnes thank you. Scoring against Chelsea. Can you tell, the listener, dear listeners, that this is somewhat improvised? We don't do a huge amount of research beforehand. <laughs> we have I day jobs. My, I just had to go through my head and think about that. <laughs> yeah, we all have day jobs. One of my favorite things that you won't know about is sometimes we spend five minutes Googling something and then I cut out all the time we're Googling it and then it makes it sound like we're really smart. Go listen uh, for it. I don't know about really smart. Let's, let's, you know, let's, not, um, <laughs> let's not oversell it. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, let's let's talk about Madison a bit because you know he's been our player of the season. I think for every match where you know we've criticised pretty much all our players at points, except Madison, I think he's never given less than a hundred percent. I think there was only and... one. Yeah, I think there's only one game where he wasn't good, but that was just like a team thing. It was he was so much just you know in the team but he's he's so critical to us he it, it's a bit of a double-edged sword he's so amazing yet i'm really worried like if he when he like when he went down yesterday i'm like no we can't oh yeah we can't oh, yeah. afford to uh, yeah we cannot afford to lose him yeah. no i think with with madison one of the things that obviously has been probably the most difficult for the entire team is the fact that he is asked to play two positions at once. He's asked to be both a right winger, and he's also asked to be a 10 and an inside uh, attacking creator because he wants to be inside, but we don't have a right winger, and he's more asked to play on the outside as well. And the fact that he's been able to be as successful as he has been so far this year yeah. without even really having... I, 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 wouldn't, oh, yeah. I wouldn't say he doesn't. I wouldn't say he doesn't have a position. I'd say he's playing two positions at once, and the fact he's been able to be as successful as he has in that position has been incredible. Yeah, I'd love to see how he could do if we've got a real threat on the right as well. Yeah, um, I think, but he still came in, which I thought. If you see when we were playing, he did come centrally, and um, Carragher does a really good analysis on Sky with this, but he. You do see that he he comes in, actually, uh, quite a lot to his usual natural centre position. He kind of brings back in, and um, we do seem to rely heavily on Castagna holding up that right side mm-hmm. um, in place. But yeah, um, fortunately, their attack on the left wasn't uh, as strong. But yeah, he was given a lot, and Nottingham Forest did give us a lot of room. They gave us way more room than I thought they would have. You would have thought they would have looked at us and be like. Oh no! Don't give them space in behind. But you know, I, maybe it was a brave game. But I don't know if I would have done that personally. You know, places, teams, and moments where we've struggled. Like when Spurs sat back, we were, we looked completely toothless. So, I mean, albeit they they were they were ahead of us, and then obviously got further ahead. But let's not recap that too much. But um, yeah, you know. I'm surprised, but yeah, he was able to go in centrally, but it would be good to see if him left. Again, is he a Nacho's birthday? I would have thought I'd like to see him get run out. Maybe he was off having birthday cake instead. 
senior man birthday cake. It would have been. I would have loved to be there for that party. Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, well, we're about Madison. Uh, World Cup year, even if it is a w- weird World Cup. Surely Madison's stats are suggesting that Gareth Southgate would be a fool. A fool, I say, Gareth, if you're listening, to not call him up. I don't know why. I'm in a dramatic mood today. What can I say? <laughs> yeah, listen up, Gaz. H2, sick of your shit. No, I am on a serious <laughs> note. On a serious note. <laughs> I don't do quite on Gaz terms with him yet. Mr. Southgate. <laughs> Mr. Southgate. Okay, let's be... I forget it's the FA we're dealing with. That makes him sound like a shit PE teacher. I mean, people have made that comparison. Yeah. Um, I actually, um, on a more serious note, I know this is England, so I actually quite rate Southgate and... There is a little bit of frustration. I think it's just the style of game he plays. He just doesn't have a lot of demand for players like Madison. And you, it is a lot of competition. I mean, Foden was sublime. Um, then, you know, you've got Graylish, who isn't the same. I I think he's more... I wouldn't quite call him a left winger, but he plays on the left side, doesn't he? He's more, he's more of a Barnes competitor, I would have said. Um, I know he's a bit more creative, but actually... Again, thinking off the top of my head. Again, this is all improvised. I'm pretty sure Barnes has done a lot of creating as well. Um, but yeah, you know, there's a lot of competition in that position. But it should really... I mean, he's what? Just above or equal to Harry Kane in goals and assists since May of last uh, of last season? Or this year? You know, that's that, that would at least get you a place on the bench, surely. But I don't know. There's definitely something afoot there. And I will just add that as the uh, as the resident as, as the resident American member of this uh, this group B uh, uh, conglom- uh, conglomerate here, I will also say that Madison absolutely has no impact on what Eng- Madison can do. Absolutely nothing of importance for England. He no, <laughs> there, there is no there's zero reason for him to go to the World Cup. He'd do nothing like scoring a worldie against the U.S. Yes, I mean what, he is due what, a hat trick. I think that game against the US would be a really good one to get it, Madlock. I would say so. I would, yeah. I think, um, I, th- I think he definitely yank it pretty well. Yeah, we've been looking a little deafening bit silence. That, sorry, <laughs> <He'd> <laughs> be so, he, he would be he would be so good. He would be so good, and I am so scared. We've been looking a little bit some of his stats and. Goals outside the box since 2018. He is behind only Lionel Messi. Um, outside in any top flight in Europe, and in terms of English attacking midfielders in the Premier League since the start of last season, his goals and assists is right up there with anyone else in the league. I think he's top for goals. I think he's only one goal behind. Uh, whoever's leading on assists, I can't remember who it was. I don't have the stat right in front of me right now, but it is there. It's, well, Saka has one more assist than he does, and goals and assists, he's leading them by some margin. And in terms of goals or minutes played per goal and assist, he is fair way ahead of Mason Mount and Phil Foden, who are you know behind him by by a margin the only thing i would say and i'm not you know this is not to go against that the only it was an interesting take 
on why Madison's made it. He people think he, he tends to tail off towards the end of a game, where and I and this is important where Southgate almost applies, you know, kind of throws the kitchen sink towards the end. He basically wears them down, tires out the side, and then I said, you know, tries to you know completely smash them towards the end. It's not quite smash and grab, but it's definitely. Um, you know, that kind of thing. And if you've got a player who tends to tail off towards the end, I'm not saying he always does, but he does tend to have his best form later on. But yeah. Do you mean earlier on? Early on, apologies, yes. We're professionals here. <laughs> um, yeah, I do know what you mean. He can get a bit frustrated towards the ends of matches sometimes. I noticed he was subbed off before the end of yesterday's match. Which is... It always strikes me, you know, when you're running an international team like that, especially in the age of five substitutes, right? You probably have space if you think, well, you know, he's going to be a really great weapon once we've worn the other team down. Maybe that's why Southgate's been struggling a bit with the five substitutes, meaning you can't wear a team down in the same way anymore. But that's analysing the England team. That's just a thought. No, no absolutely. And we, we get into it. But, you know, he, he for us, like I said, thankfully he is a Leicester player. I can see why you're getting that contract down. He, you know, I think there's a bit of a minor rebuild that is going to be due. I think we'll see that mm-hmm. coming up in uh, January. And then this summer, I think there'll be some movement, especially with all the players going. Um, and I think... you. Know, We've got you know a player coming up into his prime, and we build around him much like you know Potcher's Spurs built around Ericsson, um, how Man United are trying to build around Fernandez, how Man City have effectively built around um, Kado, you know De Bruyne. Um, De Bruyne is probably not as comparable, but I mean I suspect could De Bruyne could just do anything in midfield. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, but he, you know, but yeah. I think he'll be one for the future, and I think we'll be foolish to not time down. And yeah, he just this game is just a prove, you know, a testament to to him being Mister Leicester for us. And I think he he he's you know on his way to being a club legend if he decides to stay with us, and hopefully he will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully he'll lead us through many European campaigns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the hope is that you know, sure, the start to this year wasn't great. But hopefully we can build on this and, you know, nothing so far this entire year has shown any signs that Madison is a different, is, is, is anything other than just absolutely incredible for us. He's been great. Even when we've been terrible, he's stayed great and get him that contract as soon as you possibly can, because he is, he is the focal point of this club at this point and he's so important to everything we do everything that we want to do absolutely yeah and yeah and it is really important time i think to be coming good at least because if you look at our next run of games for a little bit right we've got let's say a less challenging run of games coming up because as much as we criticize our performance the first seven games we did have some difficult opponents there, some we expected to be, but you know, some of teams like, um, well, t- t- teams like Brentford have been proving to be fairly good. Brighton have been proving to actually be better than you'd think. Mm. And we had some top oh. six teams. Now we're coming on to run of fairly 
winnable games in Wolves, Leeds, Crystal Palace. I'm going in reverse order. So next game on Saturday, on the uh, the 8th of October, yep, Bournemouth. We play at 3pm, so no official live coverage if you're in the UK. Get yourself down to the stadium if you can. Or if you're within Leicestershire, you can tune into BBC uh, Radio Leicester, uh, which I'm just on the edge of, thankfully. So let's talk a little bit about Bournemouth. Yeah, Bournemouth. Um, I I felt for Scott Parker. I, yeah. I I personally like him, you know. And I, you get a strange sympathy for for a team run by the guy from the streets. Um, but uh, <laughs> but he is you no. Know, and also, seriousness, Scott Parker. I think he was quite honest. I think the the ownership didn't take it very well. But they've they've done well considering you think oh they've lost their manager. They haven't replaced him. And now mm. the um, I've, you know, I haven't gotten his name in front of me, but this this guy who was just you know sort of backup manager or coach seems to be stepping up, and he's getting some results. And you know he you know they rallied against uh, Nottingham Forest, who looked like they're on their way for a win, um, and obviously that didn't happen. Um, they got those three goals, uh, but also they've not been scoring a lot. They they do get quite dominated. They had that nine nil from. Liverpool, I mean, it's not as good as some other nine nils. It wasn't, you know, as good as maybe <laughs> our one, yeah. I think. But that's just my opinion um, because, you know, we did it on the road. But um, still, uh, to the more to the point, you know, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting one. Um, we've, we've got the ability to make it happen. We just need to do it. We need to see the job through. And if we can do this, you know, we're starting to climb out of that bottom three and we're on our way up but yeah but you know let's not make any assumptions yet Bournemouth are not to be sniper that I think they've only got one sort of you know key threat in their striker whose name eludes me at the minute and it'll be about silencing him and just imposing our game as, as Rogers likes to put it and playing that Rogers ball and if we can do that I think we can really do so they'll want to play, play bravely at home they'll give us that space and we just need to take advantage of that mm-hmm so when it comes to the differences between like Bournemouth versus Forest, obviously both of them were just promoted, but they went about their um, their uh, off seasons in very different approaches. Um, you have Bournemouth who brought in like three or four different players, and then you have a team like uh, Forest who basically scrapped everything they had and basically have like three of the same players who they had last year. So I think what you will see in comparison to this game is that the talent of this team is going to be significantly less than what Forrest had to offer. However, the cohesion is going to be significantly better because you could see moments during when we were playing against Forrest where their defense and just all of just their entire team as a whole, they just looked out of place like they didn't know what the heck they were supposed to do. That's I don't the thing think I was trying to remember. Someone had said the Nottingham Forest team looked like they've barely met each other, let alone played together or trained together. Yeah. And there, I mean, all the names that you have, like you have guys who have like experience in a place, like they have Serge Aurier who used to play for PSG, and like guys from a bunch of different places. Um, they've bought from all these different locations. I mean, their keeper is a Manchester United loney. They brought in Nico Williams from Liverpool, who looked awful. <laughs> you look like a lost puppy at most points, but um, regardless of that, that's Forrest. We're talking about Bournemouth now. You can, you'll probably expect to see a lot more team cohesion, 
However, the difference is the quality of the roster. And there's probably a balancing act between improving your talent and being so talented, but you don't have cohesion. And you look at the three newly promoted teams, it seems like Forrest went way too far in one end, Bournemouth went way too far in the other end, and the most successful one, Fulham, hit that centerpiece where they brought in a couple players who were really good and kept most of their team. (laughs) Okay, well, Fulham know all about buying too many players and going straight back down. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, they even had um, had Lookman, didn't they, who we then bought uh, or got on loan, I should say, the season after. But, yeah, no, um. Yeah, no, I think that's a fair... Com- yeah, I think you've said it. You pretty much hit it on the nose there. And yeah, Nottingham Forest. And I think mm-hmm. this is what happens when, um, you know, ambition outstrips um, time. Out- I think I yeah. think their owner and their manager and that whole club are trying to do too much at once. And they got mm-hmm. quite... Lu- frankly, they got lucky against Huddersfield. You know, it was an own goal. Um, and then, you know, then they went into the final. And, they, you know, their keeper, Samba, who's now... You know, he, he went off somewhere. I can't remember where he went off to. But... Uh, he's at he's at Lons, and I think they're doing pretty well right now. Yeah, I mean, Samba Samba was just clearly very good. Um, you know, I I was thinking, well, actually, if we're gonna if Schmeichel was to go, I actually wouldn't have said no to Samba. He seemed quite capable. I, he had a bit of a weird flair about him, which I always kind of appreciate. But um, yeah, eccentricity. Lons are fourth in league right now, and they haven't lost a game yet. Yeah, and obviously that's not just down to Samba, but yeah, he, he's gone on to a quite a good side. He was clearly quite capable, and yeah. But um, his, his penalty taking was something to behold. I, I do recommend watch the shootout for Forrest um, with Samba if you just want to watch an entertaining uh, shootout uh, as a neutral. But anyways, yeah, uh, like I said, um, what I was getting into is, yeah, they, they've kind of, you know, Nottingham Forrest have done a Fulham, Bournemouth, more to the point. Like I said, they, they just they just seem to be lacking that cutting edge going forwards, but we just need to be organised. I think if we just play our game, this should should be ours to win. Uh, and three points on the road would be massive. You know, I think if we get a draw, I won't be too upset, but um, three points on the road, and we, I think, will get our swagger back, and that would be immense before um, the inevitable Man City drubbing. Even if we win somehow by some sort of masterstroke, from Rogers or just luck or whatever it is, that's gonna be that's gonna be a tough match. Is uh, Man City? I, I, there's been no team yet that's made them look like they can even make them sweat at this point. <laughs> mm-hmm. They have two draws, so like, yeah, I've been looking at them. You know, they failed to score in four matches this season, which. I mean, you've got to take stats like that with a pinch of salt because it always depends who they're against. They didn't score against Brentford. Uh, They didn't score against Liverpool. They didn't score against Wolves. Well, I think, yeah, with Wolves, uh, you know, that manager's just been sacked. And that's another game we could be picking up points, not to get too far ahead of ourselves. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, he, I've forgotten his name, but is it Largo? He, um... Uh, Bruno Lage. Bruno Large, thank you for the pronunci- uh, pronunciation and making me out like a right tail boy. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but you yeah, know he 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 clearly played a very defensive game from some of the things I'd seen. He, you know, whilst they didn't score a lot, they also didn't concede a lot. I think they've only conceded nine goals, which I know is a bit laughable from a team <laughs> that's conceded twenty two. Um, I think we've is it twenty two or twenty that we've conceded twenty two. It was twenty two, yeah. 
<sighs> I asked. I, I don't know why I'm upset. Um, I don't really know what I expected, <laughs> to be honest. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, like I said, with Bournemouth, um, I've really... I'm, you know what? I'm going to go Google this guy's name because it's hey. showing me nuts. Sorry, yeah, go. Bournemouth Harry. have scored six goals all season. It's Solanke. Solanke, yeah, and he's been with them for a while. Now, historically speaking, Bournemouth's always been a bit of a bogey team. I remember um, under the uh, Puel years um, when he... Um, when we went away to Bournemouth and we got pummeled 4-0. We did claw two back towards the end, um, which was kind of like the only thing that salvaged that day, but it was a very, you know, painful reckoning uh, at that point. And I think it wasn't too long before uh, I was sacked, if I remember the series of events. I I seem to remember our last game against Bournemouth, which was when he was trying to close in on a Champions League spot, right? Ugh. Second time we finished fifth, right? Mm. I think that was the one where Soyanchu got himself sent off. Yes, he calf kicked Callum Wilson, which I fully understand just as a human being, but also probably shouldn't have done it, now. Yeah. And in many ways, that game kind of felt like the beginning of the fall off for that Champions League push. And oh, yeah, in many was, ways, yeah. in many ways, that was kind of the beginning of the fall off that we've seen for the past, you know, year and a bit, right? Yeah, I think like that. That was a key game. Um, the Nottingham Forest game in the FA Cup had a very similar feel to it. Yeah. Um, even the kind of actually this whole beginning of the season, it felt like that Champions League. Oh, we only need one point. We've got twelve games, eleven games, ten games, nine games. All we needed was a win, and for whatever reason, it just would not come. We just needed three points, or just a point, really, mm. at one at one stage, just to make that difference. And we do, yeah, we seem to go through these periods where we get really in our own heads. And I don't know if it's resting on our laurels or uh, getting a bit lackadaisical. I don't think it's that with this season. I think it's just been when we get out of rhythm that we really get out of rhythm, and it's painful to watch. And yeah, but like I said, hopefully we now when we get into a rhythm and we window, I mean, we matched our winning streak under Rogers, didn't we? Um, with Vardy mm. matching his scoring run, um, and I'm not being funny. I think Madison, if he keeps playing the way he is, he could very much be on a similar run. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully that comes to fruition against Bournemouth. But yeah, Bournemouth game we could be winning three points on the road would be an immense win for for us mentally speaking and really start off on some good form like a slanke if we can keep him quiet you know we won't have the the curse of dealing with callum wilson who has a penchant for scoring against us um yeah hopefully hopefully we'll get there but we'll have to see yeah i also do want to mention um there were definitely moments in the forest game where the defense was. There were moments where they were a little bit shaky. Uh, I know, obviously, there was the, there was that one time where uh, they had that one goal that hit the post that was just really good run in behind there. Uh, there was the big save, even though that was offsides. Um, and there was that one really weird, awful turnover from Evans that was like I think like it's like ten minutes left. I think. Yeah. There, was just, there were a couple moments where like. You felt a little bit off about the defense. There was times where Forrest were getting running, and then we just had a, the perfect tackle that was necessary to make sure that it, it, it was stopped in the midfield. 
we don't we definitely controlled the majority of the game we weren't able to let them get running but there were times where if they had more cohesion they probably could have gotten a better chance on goal than they did so going forward i know we've got easier fixtures going forward but beyond this run we need to keep uh improving the defense because we're not out of the woods yet and not even in terms of just the, not even in terms of just the table there's still moments where you look at it and you're like against better opposition that actually know the players they're playing next to we could be conceding goals there yeah i mean that's that's fair and like you said you know you're right yeah you're absolutely right yeah we we can't we can't come become complacent and i think i think rogers will will, will definitely send that home i think the team will be aware you know this will be this will bring the mood back up in the tent now we just need to follow through and i said if we can build up on oh, this is something to build on and once we can build on it this said hopefully get us into a good place so you know you, you're always you know we're not going to win every game but this is now an opportunity to so get a good few points under our belt before that international break and maybe kind of go, you know, a bit of a callback, hopefully help Madison, uh, Madison's case for joining the England squad. I don't, you know, I don't just, you know, as I make it clear, I don't buy that he's not being selected because he's part of Leicester or, and Leicester's performance. I think, um, you know, he, he will, you know, Southgate will look beyond that, but um, yeah, it will definitely help him out if we're higher up and he's you know contributing to that as well so but yeah no looking forward to Bournemouth um I said I'll probably be listening in on the radio I said big definitely you know this this feels like a turning point in our campaign let's hope that this is this is true this is hopefully that comes to fruition yeah and shall we move on then to typically the final bit of these what are our match predictions? What's the final score I'm going to be? All right. My final score is a 3-1 victory. <laughs> I think that in the end, we just have more quality than them. And after this performance, uh, after this performance we saw against Forest, there's a little bit more of a just... A better uh, feel around the club as a whole. There's better, uh, just better morale across the fans, players, the board, everyone, and we're going to, and we're we're facing off against an opponent that does not have the talent that we do. So as long as we can show what we did, then we should be getting the result that we expect. And we need it more than anything else because the whole if the whole excuse from beforehand for why Rogers is still here beyond the financial stuff was, well, that was a really difficult start because you played in the first seven matches, you played four of the big six, as well as Brighton, who's effectively a, playing like a top team this year. That's really difficult schedule. Now you're playing against Bournemouth. You have to do. You you have to continue and build on what we saw against Forest. It has to be the case. So three one Lester. I don't know if that's praying or analyzing. Hopefully both. I uh, I'm actually going to go, and this might be a bit of an ambitious one. I actually think I'm going to go for a two nil. I think I think it'll be grindy, but I think we'll pin them back, and I think we'll we'll get. 
those. I think we'll get two goals. I think it'll be another clean sheet. Um, yeah, might be being ambitious there, but that's my that's my gut and that's my sort of knee jerk reaction, really. All right. I hadn't really planned what I thought. I hadn't really thought of or planned what I was gonna make my prediction. I normally let you two go first, so that I can like listen to what you say, then try and say something based on it. Um, I, I'm inclined to feel three-one for no particularly strong reason. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna go with him. I I see how this is. I'm not, I don't take this personally <laughs> at all. I just. I, I, <laughs> You know, I think if we scored four against Forest, I think we can score a bunch against Bournemouth as well. You know, as scoring goals has not been the problem. And at the same time, I still struggle to see us keeping clean sheets. Yeah, you know, maybe Slunky could get um one in behind. I think there's I can see your what you where you're getting to, but I, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold the faith here. I think I think we'll be all right. I respect it. Yeah. All right. And, and if I'm wrong, I'm going to scream. Just just the warn for the next podcast. <laughs> Is our next podcast then? If you're wrong, going to start off sounding ah. like that, sounding like num- sounding like Iron Maiden's "Number of the Beast." Uh, if you know the song. Yes, I know the song. I know it quite well. I'm not as much of a metalhead as you are, but I, I know the song very well. I uh, actually weirdly my favourite um, metal song is um, uh, "For Whom the Pearl Tolls," mostly because I was a fan of the book and the film. Uh, yeah. I don't like that bit of history, but um, yeah. Um, but I actually don't like uh, is it. Oh my god, is it? It's Metallica who sings that, isn't it? Metallica do "For Whom the Bell Tolls." Yeah. Yeah, I don't like Metallica. Yeah, I really like that one song. I've got a bunch of stuff like that. We have drifted way off topic. If you are still listening, congratulations. Come, yeah, it's gone pretty metal here week. on Foxes to keep talking. They never quit talking. I don't even know the title of my own podcast. What is happening to me, H2? I, I, what is, you know what? If it's not 2 0 next time, I'm just I'm just quitting. Just I'm done. I'm just, no, so stupid. Quit. No, I'm not going to quit. But I. I Honestly, I've got like I, my partner's the one who's pregnant. Yeah, I seem to have developed baby brain. I whatever. Anyways, two nil. We're gonna bring it home. Fuck the cherries. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, thank you very much to Tyler for joining us this week. Oh, that was great. That was great. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we keep this going next week. Let's yeah. go. Come on, come on, you fuckers. <laughs> thank you, Madlock. Yeah, no worries. I, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm not gonna have some like chamomile tea or some shit. The most metal of teas. License at creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash by spelled by 
forward slash 4.0. Today's creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash by forward slash 4.0. It also uses Riptide by Kevin McLeod. You can find that at incompetech.com. It's licensed under a Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. I heard that URL earlier. It also uses Elf Meditation, also by Kevin McLeod of incompetech.com. That music is licensed under the Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license.